I'm Natalie Walton, and this is Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to interview interior stylist Michelle Halford of The Design Chaser. Before we start today's episode, I'm excited to announce that my best-selling course, The Styling Masterclass, is now open for enrollment. So if you'd like to learn how to create interiors you love and visual stories that create impact, please come join me and hundreds of students from around the world. I just want to flag though that the premium level has only limited places which sell out really fast. So if you've been waiting for this announcement, I'd really hate for you to miss out. Just go to nataliewalton.com forward slash the styling masterclass and I can't wait to meet you in the course. Now on with today's interview. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. I've actually got so many questions to ask you. So um, I'm just going to dive straight into it because uh, I think there is so much we can talk about today. So first of all, though, I just wanted to start a little bit about your your background because you're a bit of an enigma on um, your Instagram feed. Many people would know you as the design chaser. But even though you share, I guess, your home, there's not a lot about you personally in there. And I'm, you've obviously a very creative person, and I'm just interested to hear about your background, in particular, like your childhood, where you grew up, and what type of you know, child you were when you were sort of growing up. Were you a creative child, for instance? So can you just fill us in a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Auckland in New Zealand, and I... I have two older sisters. Um, I did a lot of ballet growing up. So from about the age of four, this was a huge part of my life. And as I got older, it became more and more demanding in terms of classes every day, ballet competitions on you know every other weekend and during the school holidays and ballet exams. So it was a really big part of my life. I, in terms of being artistic, I think that's the side of dance that I really loved you know I loved the music and the movement Um, I was very quick at picking up choreography and I loved performing but the technical side of it that probably didn't come so naturally to me and it's something that I had to really really work hard at Um, but since I've since I've grown up and I've moved into the creative industry I can see now that there's there's a lot of similarities between dance and design and what I'm doing now in terms of styling and interiors Um, they're both, you know, an unspoken art form where you communicate in different ways, but they're, you know, it's about space and composition and lines, balance, placement, rhythm. So it's really interesting that I can see those parallels now that I'm an adult. Um, and obviously that was a big part of my, my those formative years and growing up and becoming creative. I do believe that. 
Yeah, and what about your parents? Were they creative at all, or um, what kind of and what kind of home did you grow up in as well? well? Um, so my dad was really passionate about um, textiles, actually. So um, interiors was you know I did grow up in that sort of environment, and I remember he he had a big you know his the warehouse and his offices, and he'd say Michelle, you know, come and have a look at these fabrics that I've just imported, and I guess I didn't really feel that sort of drawn to it at that at that time but what's really interesting is that now as an adult and working in this field I love textiles I love the tactility of them I mean dad was sort of more into patterns and colors and I'm very very neutral but I do think you know that was there and my mum was incredibly stylish you know she she loved she always looked you know beautiful she still does um she loves interiors. I, I I definitely see that now that she has a very, um, although she didn't work in that industry or anything, she has a very natural eye for interiors and she still, you know, loves doing things around the home and she's done quite a few things recently and asked for my advice, but she doesn't really need it because she has such a great eye, you know, and I can see that I get that from her as well. Um, my There was a lot of um, musicality in my family, so my my uncle was a drummer my grandfather was a music teacher and pianist and my great-grandfather was the head of the Philharmonic Orchestra so I feel like that's a big part of of you know with my dancing and music as well and I think my great my great-grandmother was an artist as well there's definitely some art out there some art talent there as well in the family so yeah yeah that's interesting. So then when you're kind of getting into those teenage years, what did you think that you were going to be when you were growing up? Or what did you have any idea at that sort of stage when you're having to make those decisions going to, I don't know if you went to university or what you did sort of after school? Well, it was really ballet. That was that was a big, the big focus right throughout my teenage years. Um, I, you know, looked up to the older dancers my mum was really dedicated with ballet and she would take me to see older dancers perform and compete and a lot of them would be um, moving overseas to study because there weren't so many opportunities back then so that's really what you did if you were talented and you were dedicated then you looked at taking your studies overseas and so I traveled to Australia a couple of times to attend summer schools with other students and just get a feel for it. And then towards the end of my schooling, I started to audition for full-time dance schools in Australia. And so that's what I did when I left school. I moved to Melbourne and went to a full-time dance school. And I guess with the hopes and dreams of becoming a professional dancer, um, which that didn't work out that way. I um, was cut short, unfortunately. I had a quite a bad back injury, which I got through got through that, but I think that it gave me time to reflect on, you know, whether that was really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it was a really tough decision, but I decided to come home after a year and um, that I was really, really lost at that point because I had put so much focus into one thing, being dancing. And so I really had to think about what I wanted to do with my life, which was really challenging. And so a lot of my friends were studying, so I decided to you know, go down that path. And uh, again, there just weren't, weren't a lot of opportunities in terms of dance. So I sort of put that to one side and I studied, I was really unsure actually, I found it hard. I started, I studied marketing and then I switched to business, which in hindsight, those are really good papers to, 
you know, for, for what I would be doing in the future. But at the time, I just, I, I really didn't know what to do. And I decided to change travel and tourism. And I completed that and then worked in the industry for a while. But my heart just was never in it. Um, and I really missed dance and I missed being active. So I got into the gym quite heavily and loved the, you know, dance style programs at Les Mills and was picked out to become um, an instructor. So I actually studied fitness foundations, which was, you know, nutrition, physiology and anatomy, which I absolutely loved. I still love, um, you know, the body and I'm really interested in that side of it. And I, I love teaching. I taught um, the dance-based programs for probably about five years while I was working. But again, that was really quite relentless. <laughs> it was quite a very busy, busy, active lifestyle. And I still craved doing something creative. I think that was really, you know, I still hadn't found that thing that I loved. And I you know, came to that quite late in life. Um, I ended up working for a magazine publisher. I'd always loved magazines. And that was a turning point for me where I started to become obsessed with interiors. I loved the interior magazines and it was like a light was switched on at that point. But it was still a few more years before I uh, sort of got into starting up my own blog. Um, I started reading blogs when, I guess, when I left ACP Media and um, started a family and I joined Pinterest. Um, so my sister recommended it. She loved it. And she said, you know, she knew that I was a very visual person, creative person. And she said, oh, I think you're going to love it. And I did. I found it incredibly addictive. And I started to just create these beautiful boards and hone in on my love of Nordic design. And I couldn't believe how quickly my following grew. And before long. So this was, so this was on Pinterest, yeah, was it? Yeah, so that's really where I, yeah, where okay. I sort of started out. Wow. And it was from there that... I can't remember in those days. I guess I had over 100,000 followers or something, and I guess that gave me confidence to do something more. But I, so I was craving a, a bigger platform where I could put my voice to what I was sharing. And, uh, yeah, I think the idea of starting a blog had been brewing for quite some time. And when the kids were little, I thought, you know, now's the time to do it. So I, I started the Design Chaser, and that's really where it all began for me. So, yeah. so how long ago was that? So that, that was in 2012 started? that I started the okay. blog. And it was really a place, yeah, just for me to share what I loved. And it became really addictive. I remember just working some sort of crazy hours around, you know, when the kids were little and staying up till two in the morning and writing and researching. And my husband thought I was completely mad. But I was determined to make something of it and make something of myself. Um, and... Yeah, I knew I had to work hard to do that. And then about, and we started, we decided to build and that was another sort of turning point because I started to share my ideas for our new home and my mood boards. And then about a year after starting the blog, I joined Instagram. And of course, that was just another whole angle again in terms of sharing my own styling and photography. And things really took off because people loved seeing my ideas come together, I think. Um, and yeah. just there were some, some, some great opportunities that came my way. I, our house was on the cover of a door home magazine in Australia. And this, I still have my largest following on Instagram is from Australia, um, which is interesting. It's very global. But, yeah, that's, that's where things really started to take off for me. And, yeah. Can I just ask you then, so, okay, so you said that you started with Pinterest yeah. and that you hadn't 
you weren't in your current home at that stage. No. So is that right? No. Were you styling your former home initially, like when you first joined Instagram, or did you only start like the actual kind of create, you know, sort of yeah. taking photos of your own space? Was that what in your former home or so, this one? So the first house that my husband and I bought together. I definitely made my mark on that house as much as possible. We didn't do any big renovating, but, um, you know, it was my first chance to, my probably my biggest focus was the kids' room. The, sh- the boys shared a bedroom and I kind of went to town on on decorating that. But I wasn't anywhere near the stage of, you know, doing styling and photography or anything that definitely came later. When we built and I started the blog, we were actually renting. And um, so that was... I always, what I found interesting was that sort of contrast of living in sort of this rundown rental property and creating beautiful mood boards and, and, you know, my bringing my vision to life. And then I had so many dreams of, you know, what I wanted our new house to be, but it was really, it was really very simple and it just became, um, but it had, you know, it was our house has beautiful light and a beautiful feel to it, but it was very, very simple design. And it, but I wanted somewhere that could be a place for me to experiment and to practice my styling and you know be a playground, I guess, and this just sort of a studio, which is what it what it became. And um, I just started you know playing around with products and and obviously you know furnishing the house and doing my own interior design and then it became a little more serious when I started working with brands and actually making sort of you know more of it more in a freelance capacity I guess um working with brands and, and creating content for the blog and Instagram yeah and so at what point did you start to I'm presuming you're, you you do you use a professional camera, don't you? Yes, like a, I do. a DLSR. I do use a Canon so, uh, what... DSLR. Yeah, but it took, it, I didn't yeah. have that initially. I think I had my little point and shoot. I couldn't even tell you what it is now. I mean, I look back at my photography and I I cringe at the, <laughs> the photos. I, I'm actually quite proud of how far I've come, and I think it is all part of the process and you know part of evolving and learning. Um, and I, and even when I first got my camera, I was so excited, but we had such beautiful natural light that I think I just had it on manual setting for a long time before I actually, you know, started to learn about the the technical side of, of, of the camera and and how to use it. And so I, um, and I've had, I'm lucky because I've I've worked with some amazing photographers like Lisa Cohen in Australia and top interior photographers in New Zealand. And so I've been able to sort of learn learn from that. And um, one of my very close friends, Kirsty Dawn, is a photographer, and she's been really, really helpful as well with tips. But it is just such, it's the sort of thing that you've just got to get in and do, you know, and just, just practice and trial and error. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And and what do you, did you do a course or no. did you just YouTube or oh, what did you do? Gosh, How did you I learn? I spent hours watching YouTube videos, especially for um, Photoshop, just painful, but you sort of have to, you know, everything's sort of at your fingertips in terms of what you can learn. But I do just think it's been, it's been a lot of trial and error and just practice, practice, practice and honing in on my style. I think I have a natural eye for design and composition and angles and that sort of thing. But yeah, in terms of, how to actually work a camera and, and and edit photos it's just a lot of yeah youtube videos and and um yeah there's lots of information out there so i never really thought oh, i'm going to 
study this or, or take a course I'm just going to see how I go and it's also follow you know following people who inspire you and learning from them is so helpful um, because when you're visual you you know you're good at copying I guess and that's that's what you do is you you see a photo and you think how can I how can I create something like that you know with light and composition so it's very intuitive yeah yeah, yeah. would you say that you're a tech like a techie person, like you're good with tech um, in general, or I, how would you describe yourself? I think you. Ha- I, I think there is an element of that. I, th- I think that people who, are, you know, use social media uh, for their work and juggle apps and blogs and, you know, I think there is definitely, you kind of have to have a general knowledge and sort of affinity with, with tech, I think. But it's not, it's probably not my strongest point either. Um, so, yeah. So there's hope for all of us. <laughs> it, it definitely is. Yeah, I know. It's like I always used to joke and say, you know, my husband works in IT and I'd joke and say, oh, behind every good blogger is an IT husband or IT, IT partner. But in reality, he's so busy with his own work that I've just, sort of been left to figure things out you know sure he's there if I have you know a problem that needs fixing but it's just you just learn as you go yeah you just got to get in there and do it yeah it's so true um so I guess one of the things that I'm really curious about as well is when you first started sharing um on Instagram and also I guess with your blog did you have a clear idea that you only wanted it to be about your interiors and your style you know because obviously with Instagram I mean there's some people who share lots to do with their family there are some people who you know share a mix of both or did you have a very or did you used to do a bit more of that and now you're more about just being about interiors like Mm. how have you kind of decided what you want your focus to be on yeah that's actually a really good question and I feel that perhaps I've lacked some consistency in that area I do feel like I've I've gone through different stages I mean it's been eight years and you do evolve and I also think it's it probably comes down to privacy which may sound unusual in that I'm sort of sharing images of my home but it is it's a very curated edited uh, version of life you know I'm quite private when it comes to my kids and and sharing um, you know their lives and as they get older they don't really want you know a camera in their face and they, I always ask their permission and whether they're happy for me to share a photo of them that sort of thing which is very rare um, so I think it has changed you know when they were little I perhaps did a little bit more of that but as they've gotten older and as I've moved through my career and evolved I guess I've taken more of a uh, I guess professional sort of stance on it where I want to share my work and the work of others that inspire me rather than sort of personal elements of my life along the way yeah if that makes sense yeah Um, and did you ever want to do sort of styling because obviously again like with styling you can go down the path of working for lots of clients and Mm. I know you do within your own home but you're not like you're not kind of doing lots of studio work are you really so I would like to be doing more um it's quite challenging in New Zealand I think it's a very small market and it's really interesting at the moment because you know we've had and I know you've experienced this in Australia but you know had a lot of magazine closures with the pandemic 
there's a lot of um I guess young people coming up or you know people who are out of work who are looking for you know work in the area of content creation and then there's then there's sort of people who work on a more I guess um commercial level you know and doing magazine shoots and brand campaigns and you know campaign imagery and that sort of thing so uh there's perhaps just not enough work to go around i would say and it's quite challenging in that respect i don't think it's something i think you know to to do that sort of work full time is almost impossible so everyone's sort of juggling different different things which i think is perfectly normal um and yeah i'd like to be doing more of that i i have you know done magazine shoots and and worked with brands and i've styled i guess um some done some residential styling and and, uh, styling of office spaces and that sort of thing um but i do find that it's quite quite it's a time consuming process as well um i remember talking to a photographer about that we did a two-day shoot for a brand in New Zealand and there's a lot of lot of work involved. I'm on on the day itself, I'm really in my element in terms of styling and I just love it when everything comes together. But of course there's so much work to get to that point in terms of sourcing product or you know sourcing the, the studio space and everything as well. So yeah, you sort of come out of it quite exhausted. And I think to do that, you know, every week would be uh, quite demanding, quite exhausting. So yeah, it's about a balance. And I think also with the blog, that's something that I have kept going the whole time. And that's that's also quite time consuming in terms of, you know, the research and the writing and and, and keeping up with social media. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a juggle. Yeah. yeah. And what about then also like styling versus doing interior design? Have you ever thought about going more down that way or do you get requests? Um, for people to sort of for you to do their homes or is it more styling that's where you feel like you've got your affinity yeah well I that's a really good question as well and it's definitely something that I've thought about I did did sort of dabble with some residential styling early on I felt like that was just a really natural progression and in the end I actually pulled away from that and I didn't find it as enjoyable as I'd hoped I was sort of going to visit people locally and uh, working sort of via email and doing sort of e-design. And yeah, I felt like I sort of preferred to be working on more of a commercial area and and styling um, for products and brands. So that's sort of what my focus has been on. Um, And then recently, yeah, I've definitely, you know, I've had a lot of time to reflect this year, especially um, being in lockdown for a long time, that sort of thing. And I have thought about moving into, into interior design. And I really, I do really love helping people, perhaps more in the sort of consultancy capacity if they're sourcing products, that sort of thing. I think in terms of doing, you know, big interior design projects, um, I yeah, it would be it would be an interesting process. I did a worked on a a styling project earlier this year where it was they were it wasn't just sourcing product for a shoot they were actually purchasing product for the offices you know finishing touches and furniture and that sort of thing and I really enjoyed that you know usually with with styled shoots it's very fast and your your you know products are borrowed and they're returned the next day and so it was a it was a nice process and and that it felt more of a you know more permanent and I did really like that sort of sort of got me thinking but my direction this year has sort of changed again and that I'm I'm 
starting, you know, I'm working on some other things in terms of a product um, and a, a new brand. So I've decided to focus on that and we'll see see where that goes. So, yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Thank you. So how do you decide what brands to work with? I'm sure you get Dell used with requests. Like mm-hmm. what's your, um, I guess, what's true to you and what feels right and authentic for you to be working with? Yeah, that's that's really important that uh, something that I've learned along the way is, yeah, to say no and yes to, to brands that are like-minded that you feel, um, yeah, a real synergy with. And, you know, I love Nordic design, so I guess it's a no-brainer if a brand comes to me and that's, that's their specialty, but it's also about, you know, quality craftsmanship and uh, sustainable design and... Yeah, those are those are really the main things. There is there are brands that come to you that yeah, it's just not the right fit, and so yeah, you just have to be honest and you know follow your gut. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, how do you say no? Because sometimes <laughs> that can be one of the hardest things, isn't it? it? Really like is. to I sort remember, of say it in a oh, it, nice way. It really is. I had there was one point where I had just so many bedding companies coming to me, and I had and you know they're all lovely and they're as well it wasn't it wasn't even that they weren't perhaps the right fit it was just that I think to be authentic uh you need to you know it just it works better to to work with a a select few rather than be promoting every single bedding brand out there and I had at the time a couple of really loyal you know brands that I'm loyal to that had been advertising with me for a long time and I had done some content creation. And so I think I just had to, yeah, I just had to say, look, you know, this is an area where I do get a lot of interest and um, a lot of brands coming to me. And so I have to, you know, make that decision to uh, select those that are the very best fit for TDC. And I think people respond, you know, they, they respect that and they, they appreciate that you've been honest with them. And it may not be a no forever, but it's a no right now. So you might might it might be that you keep them in mind for you know future work or future opportunities. Um, but it, it is a hard one if it's a definite no, and a, you know it, you just really ha- I think you just have to be straight up with people, and they appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And your style is obviously very distinctive. I mean, this sort of, like you say, this Nordic mm. influence style, where does that come from? I mean, I know you said that your your dad was into like more of the colours and the patterns. Where do you think um, that interest came to or what's the attraction for you? Oh, it's really hard to pinpoint where that came from. I think I can't really name, you know, one particular thing in my life that made me go oh that's that's the style I I want to follow it was more just a process of looking you know like I said when I started on Pinterest and that was what I was drawn to for whatever reason I just love that the more of a paired back style where things you know there's a reduction and and it's about things having being surrounded by things that you love rather than clutter and excess but also space you know creating spaces that are really livable and warm with texture and natural elements so that just really really appeals to me I just feel like that's that's so me 
that's hard to say why <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's that's good um and one of the things I have to ask as well is I mean obviously you know I sort of work as a stylist as well and I know that when you're working with brands you get given a lot of products mm -hmm. and there can be points where you know you can I mean your home is obviously more pared back but you're getting all this product mm -hmm. how do you go through that process of like keeping I guess stuff under control within your own home and um and just kind of maintaining that sort of simplicity yeah. within your space and I, I guess also I have to ask as well like so how old are your children mm -hmm. and how do you maintain this kind of clutter-free home mm -hmm. with having a family as well because it's one thing to do it for a photo shoot yeah and another thing to live like that yeah the boys um so they're 10 and 13 um, as of a couple of weeks ago, I've got a teenager in the house, so that's been interesting. Um, <laughs> but I think they learned from quite a young age that, you know, that was the way mummy liked to live and especially with building a new home and they adapted really well to that. And they've sort of followed those rules of, you know, not eating in the living room and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we always eat dinner together at the dining table and they eat breakfast up at the, the, kitchen island and you know there's just they love routine and and there's you know I don't think it's cruel or anything like that it's just those are the rules of the household and they, they sort of adapt to that our youngest is um he's he's messy as anything you know his room is always just such a mess um <laughs> has to keep on him whereas Roman our eldest is a little bit more uh, I feel like he's it's rubbed off on him a little bit more and he likes things to be quite orderly and um tidy so it's not it's not too bad, and I think it's got it has definitely gotten easier as they've gotten older. Um, but yeah, in terms of sort of excess product, there is uh, you know there has been a lot of that over the years, and I do give away a lot. We've taken a lot to hospice. I also have some space in our garage where I call you know our props cupboard where I keep things. I think in New Zealand, as a stylist, you know, you need to be quite resourceful. So I'm a little bit hesitant to let go of things, you know, as I can't always create the spaces I want to create because we just don't have access to the design. Or, you know, if you're working on a shoot and you need things straight away, you don't sort of have the luxury of time of waiting for shipments and, and things to arrive. So I tend to be quite resourceful and reuse things and, and repurpose things and, and try and find ways of, of I guess, styling things in different ways whether it's just dry flowers or objects or things that I love so I do tend to hold on to to probably more things than I need to um but and I've also I'm definitely more conscious you know of saying to people that I don't you know thank you but no thank you I'm I don't if it's not something I really love that I really want or need for my home then I'll say no unless it's a paid you know collaboration where you can give the product back yeah you just I'm, I'm more conscious of that too Mm. And so can you sort of give us a little bit of an insight into your home journey as well? Mm -hmm. So you said that you, so you designed it, did you, the home from from kind of scratch almost? Or can you just share about a little bit about that process and I guess what um, what you wanted to achieve with the home mm -hmm. and um, and how it's evolved over time? So it sounds like you've been in that particular home for quite a while now, is that right? Yeah, so we must have been here for about, uh, seven seven years, I think, um, which has gone incredibly fast. I think about it. Um, so we worked with a boutique uh, building company. So they sourced the land for us. It was a subdivided section, and we wanted to build in 
Um, back then it was all about school zones and we love living here in Meadowbank. It's a really beautiful suburb. There's lots of, we're surrounded by, you know, mature trees and we're down a driveway, which is really private. I never wanted to be down a driveway. I always loved, you know, street front. I was actually really torn because I grew up in sort of like a hundred year old um, bungalow and I loved the idea of renovating an older property. But my husband was really keen on building new. He had had a lot of allergies growing up and living in damp homes. And gosh, now I know that I was the same, actually. I, I flattered in some like horrendous places where I was really sick and it was really damp. And so I think it was one of the best decisions we ever made um, for the health of our children and just yeah, living in, in a dry um, new build home. So we worked with a boutique property um, uh, building company and we so they they have an arc they they do the design for you and like I remember the first meeting I had I said no no no, I'm not I'm not happy with that I want the bedrooms upstairs not downstairs and they explained that this was the best layout for the light and they were so right it was it it really is just has been designed so well and everyone who walks into our house says wow it just has a really a beautiful feel to it and um I worked on yeah the interior design I did work with a kitchen designer because it was such an important element to get right. I wanted that to really be sort of the hub of our home and and create as much space and storage as I could with, with what we were working with. Um, but yeah, everything else, I just had a, had a vision of bringing a beautiful, light-filled Nordic home to life. And yeah, I feel like I achieved that, but it has evolved quite a lot over time. For sure, yeah. There's there's been a lot of changes in terms of. Um, I've started to you know we when we first built it was very all all white the interior and I've started to introduce some softer colours, uh, just you know greys and beige tones which I really love and yeah I'll probably just end up doing more more and more of that, yeah. Yeah. So what are the things? Some of the things that you love most about the house in terms of the design. So you've mentioned the light, capturing yeah, the so light. Up, but are some, what are some of the other things? Yeah, sorry, upstairs it's um, a, it's an open plan space. So we have our living area, dining and kitchen, and that leads out to a small deck area. And we have a huge Bahudakawa tree outside, so it really has a beautiful treehouse feel. And because it's elevated and it gets the light, the afternoon light is just beautiful. Um, so that that's definitely uh, definitely my favourite part of our house. Um, I'm lucky to have you know a little office space which is sort of tucked away a bit, and then downstairs we have you know our bedrooms and a second living area, which is that's probably the the space that has evolved the most. When we first moved in, we were a bit unsure about what to do with that space, and we ended up having the kids' desks down there. Um, and then it sort of changed again and it wasn't really used as a family space so much and I had a day bed down there which I loved but it wasn't really being used so over time I've changed the area you know just made it more livable and more I guess a little bit more grown up as well in terms of furniture and putting down some wooden flooring because it's all carpeted downstairs but I just love the idea of having that space with some wooden flooring so um I had to really twist my husband's arm with that, <laughs> but got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, so 
Does he have a similar aesthetic to you or, you know, what kind of compromises have to be made along the way? Because, I mean, obviously you're in a family home and it's one thing to create a beautiful space in a studio, but this is your home. And so not only with your children, but yeah, yeah, your husband too. Yeah, exactly. And I'm lucky that we are definitely on the same page when it comes to most things. Um, That's probably been the biggest thing because he, he was, he actually wanted to carpet the whole house. Um, to begin with and I said no no that's that's not going to work with my whole Scandinavian design my vision (laughs) I need wooden flooring so we decided to yeah I got got that past the line and we did the the whole top floor and the wooden flooring and the downstairs apart from the bathrooms which were tiled we did carpet and so yeah I just really wanted to um, you know put down some wooden flooring downstairs and that was you know finally got there but in terms of Overall, I think we're we're definitely on the same page. He likes to likes things to be quite pared back and not too not too cluttered. Um, and he doesn't ever really. He's just, I guess, he just trusts me and and what I'm doing. And he's always really happy with with you know when I new things appear at home. He's, <laughs> he's always really happy. I try to get him involved. You know, and I've done some sort of collaborations you know with new sofas and things I'll you know we'll go and test them out together or a new mattress or whatever but um you know sort of um yeah things like that but yeah he does trust my judgment and he's happy with the things that I choose so that that works out well and the kids are the same actually they they get excited about things you know um so that's really nice because we all it's our house that we it's our sort of haven and I want it to be somewhere that we all enjoy so it would be awful if they weren't happy with what I had created but yeah they love it it's so nice yeah yeah that's great so can you give me a little bit of an insight into a day in the life like Mm -hmm. what you do and I mean obviously I realize tonight right now you know the world is a little bit different to how it might have been six months ago but Mm -hmm. let's let's kind of you know suspend reality a little bit and uh you know what how do you normally work like do you um and I guess it's not even just a day but like do you batch content how do you work like what's your work process and workflow so Oh, gosh, every day is different um, because I feel like, especially this year, I've started working on a few different projects, which I'm really enjoying. But I think that it's been a bit of a learning curve because I am the sort of person who I sort of focus on one thing and that becomes all consuming. And so to jump around to different things, it's been uh, yeah quite an adjustment. In saying that, there always has been a little bit of that because um, I might spend, you know, some of my day writing and researching and doing blog work, and then I get away from my computer and I get to have a play and do styling and photography, which I love. You know, I often feel like that's just I love breaking away and doing that, and I try and do that as much as possible. But yeah, typical day. So there's not really a typical day. I remember there was last Friday, for example, it was just. There was a lot going on. So that's probably a good example. I remember I had a Zoom meeting in the morning with um, a company in Wellington with um, this uh, brand, this new new project that I'm working on and an element of that that we were finalising some ideas for. And then I had to do some test shots for some 3D models of a product, a design collaboration that I'm working on. So I wanted to get those photos done and then I had um, in the the afternoon I had, was working with a brand they were launching and I'd done an interview 
with the designer for my blog. And of course, you know, often I'm dealing with people who live on the other side of the world. So it was all about, you know, we had sort of decided on a time to launch and I know the kids finished school and I took them to skate school and then I came home and I had that ready to publish. And then that evening I had my social media to do because again, I usually do that in the evening. So my day is, what I love about it is that I can work around the kids and schooling and, and do afternoon activities with them. But it often means working at night as well. So I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, so the days are, you know, it is, it is it's a juggle. It's jumping from one thing to the next <laughs> quite often. But yeah. yeah, I love it. And are you one of those people that sort of burns the midnight oil or do you have quite clear boundaries with yourself about, you know, how long you spend on Instagram or how long you spend on Pinterest or whatever, you know, all the different things that you do? No, I'm definitely, I definitely in the midnight oil I um yeah probably to the detriment of my health at times and getting burned out but I yeah I think it's the nature of what I do my husband's a night owl as well we both tend to um sort of get into that routine of you know when the kids go to bed and they're going to bed later as they get older that's sort of our time and we might you know, watch a bit of Netflix, but we might have our laptops and be doing a bit of work as well. That's sort of what we do. Um, we're not so much morning people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think that's just the sort of routine and sort of rhythm that I've fallen into. And I, ha- I do try and have more structure, especially on the weekends. I really try and shut the door to my office um, because it, it can become more consuming. And I think with blogging, it's hard because you do need to sort of get a head start often on, on a Sunday and prepare for the week ahead. You know, I'm not that organized where I've got everything scheduled in the week before or weeks in advance. I'm just, I'm not that way inclined. It's, and I think that's what I've always loved about blogging is that it is more ad hoc. It's not a magazine where you've got deadlines and you have to get everything ready to go to print. It's something can come across your desk in the morning and you can have that up on the blog within a couple of hours or, you know, later that day. And I, I love that about blogging. So yeah, that's, that's how I work. It's not, not hugely structured. Yeah. And so how often do you blog? Is it daily or weekly or well, I, when your, I, and is it consistent? It's not so much these days. I mean, it's, it's actually something. So when I first started blogging, yes, it was, it was six days a week. And then after a perhaps a couple of years, I thought, no, I sort of saw the light and thought, no, this is just too much. So I started blogging Monday to Friday and I did that for a long time. And then as I picked up, you know, more freelance style work and styling work, I just found I couldn't keep that up. So, um, and also, you know, getting you know busy with family life and everything else. I think I dropped down to about four days a week. A good week, I'd still blog five days a week, but um, often it was four. And then over the last few months, because I've been working on other projects, it's sort of dropped again. And I think that's okay. You know, I think, you know, I'm trying to spend more time, you know, doing interviews and actually, you know, quality. It's more about quality than quantity. And that's really what I'm weighing up is rather than sort of scrambling to find something to share on my blog, I'd rather just take the time and post something that I love rather than, you know, something that I've seen that's all around the web already, um, I'd rather create something that's a little bit more special, you know, and share that with my readers. Yeah. 
And so on that idea of like batching content, I mean, I presume that that's something that you do with your styling and photography. Is that something that you do? In terms of doing it sort of all at once? and, and yeah, yeah, like so, you know, you sort of like photograph different areas mm. and then share it at different times not, on Instagram. For not instance. so much. I have, I have done that sometimes in the past, but, um, and it depends. Like, for example, if I am working, you know, with a new product and styling photography, photographing that then it yeah, may be obviously a case of doing a series of photos and in which case yeah that would be um, shared at different times but day-to-day styling no it's very much mm. just what I'm what I'm doing at the time it's been really challenging this year because styling work has really slowed down and there just haven't been the opportunities and and people obviously yeah with the pandemic it's yeah it's it's been challenging even just with day-to-day styling and I'm itching to get back into the studio and do um, some things outside of home. You know, I, I feel like it's, it's a little bit like Groundhog Day where you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do today? <laughs> it's been challenging in that respect. Yeah. So you're telling me that your home looks like this most of the time then, or if not all of the time? Oh, yeah? in terms of um, very curated. And- well, it's, yeah, and it's ready to shoot. No, kind of- no. Not, not at all. It's um, it's, oh gosh, no, no, don't be silly. Um, it's, it's a, no, I mean, well, some people I, are. It's... Uh, I know. I'm sure there's people that do live like that, and I really admire them, and I wish I could. But no, it's it's definitely um, it's a constant work in progress. I think you'd ha- I'd have to be doing housework sort of all day, every day, to keep it like that. It's I try and do you know the big sort of tidy up once a week, you know. But to be honest. I, I really don't enjoy housework, you know, it's not something that I love doing, um, but I do, it's, it's the payoff because I do like to live in a tidy, tidy, uncluttered sort of space. So, but yeah, in terms of styling, it's, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, because things, clutter does build up very, very quickly and often it's my own clutter, you know, like I said, I'm working on different things. So there'll be you know 3d models on the dining table and you know samples here and sample things there and yeah it's just constantly tidying up um i do love our Roomba our iRobot vacuum cleaner that is one of the best things we've ever got um because you can just let it go and get on with other things so yeah i do love that Maybe I need to invest in oh, one of those. Definitely re- <laughs> I definitely recommend it. Yeah. You need to do it, <laughs> so, so just give us like a little bit of an insight. So then like the posts that you've done this week so far, like would they have been shot? Like when were they shot, for instance? Are they shot last week or, you know, on that day or how does that work? Uh, I just have to uh, think about what I've done this week actually um, it's been a funny old week um, having gone into lockdown you know or today. on a sort of t- <laughs> like on a typical week you yeah. know like um, is it so I think that I will ideal scenario is that I sh- you know something inspires me on that day or I'm working on something that day that I can share that evening um, you know I feel like that's really authentic but that's just, it's not, it's just not realistic when you're, you know, working full time and you have family and everything. It's, you, I generally do, um, you know, have like some photos set aside that I have taken in the past and 
you know, winter I find is really challenging, you know. We just never know what the weather's doing from one day to the next in terms of light and rain and everything. So it's nice to have those, you know, a few photos up your sleeve that you can bring out and, you know, think back to a nice a sunnier day or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it is a real mix. But I think yesterday I did, you know, we were just readjusting to kids being home again and my husband working from home and it was kind of nice just to do a bit of styling downstairs um, in the space and get out my camera and the light was sort of playing ball so yeah that's really that's that's a nice thing to do yeah it's just do a bit of styling at home and take a photo and it's it feels really authentic yeah yeah so I've got to ask you mm. do you have any tips or tricks to share like on either styling or photography or Instagram or maybe one of one for all three um you know what some of the big things that you've learned um in terms of styling I think for me it, it, like I said it, it is very intuitive and I do you know to a certain extent I have you know natural eye for you know composition and light and and stuff but um I think that I I love to there's there's certain elements that I love to include. Um, you know, I I usually love I love textural elements and sensory elements, and I think also showing a little bit of yourself. So it's nice to I don't know whether it's something that you've made or something secondhand that you've found or a quirky object or something sentimental. It's really nice to include that in your styling because so often we see these beautiful spaces and, you know, especially when you follow like-minded people, um, you know, we tend to have, you see the same sort of products and the same look and the same style popping up all the time. So I think it's nice to find something that is unique to you and your style. So I do try and do that. And like I said, just being resourceful, I have always have lots of dried flowers around the house. You know, if I don't get a chance to get fresh flowers um, or go outside, you know, and, and see what you can find and forage. And that's always fun. So yeah, that would that would probably be my my tip for styling and photography. Um, I have I like I said, I just love you know natural light. Play around with capturing shadow play on the wall or you know different times of the day and in light. I think it's it adds a really beautiful element and it's kind of got me through to be honest this year because <laughs> I'm always chasing the light because I feel like I'm just you know you're, you're doing the same thing over and over again um, with your home and so it's a really nice way to show something different as oh wow the lights changed today and downstairs we have you know these lime wash walls which are just amazing because they have a natural texture anyway but they look different um, throughout the day in different lights so it's it's a constant kind of playground. I really love shooting down there. Yeah. And what about with Instagram? Are there any kind of like apps that you use or any, like even how you create your grid? What sort of things do you keep in mind? Um, gosh, I'm probably not that um, strategic when it comes to that. Although, I mean, I do look at um, the overall composition of my grid and you know I, I like there to be consistency to an extent I think you know there are some people that just do it remarkably well and then I think wow they just every photo is so consistent in terms of light and that's just not not going to be the case for me because like I said I like to play around with different light and you know it's been um it's a place where I I share 
my own styling, but also how I'm evolving and growing and learning. So my photography has has improved so much over time, you know, so it keeps changing. Uh, But yeah, definitely, you know, I wouldn't post the same room every day. I try and mix it up in different areas, uh, you know, different, uh, perhaps a pulled back shot or a room and then maybe a flat lay or a close up shot. Um, I also share, sometimes share my blog work, you know, if there's a space, usually usually a really inspiring space that I would share that just is, wow, I, I want to share that with my readers. Because I think, you know, I again, I really admire people who only share their own own work on, on Instagram. But it's also nice to see what inspires people outside of that. I think that's that's quite an important element. So that's something that I'd like to share as well from time to time. I usually share most mostly I share that on my stories though um, and try and stick with my own my own sort of content creation on Instagram yeah yeah great all right before you go I do have some quick questions to ask you Um, so unfortunately the hardest question is sort of the first because people (laughs) always think ah but um but anyway just whatever comes to mind don't overthink of it and if you can't think of five don't worry okay Uh, so which five words best describe you Okay, I'm driven, I'm resilient, I think all those years of ballet taught me that, Um, creative, I'm also loyal, I'm really loyal to, you know, people I love and, and, you know, brands that I work with. How many is that? Four. (laughs) Um, What else am I? I'm also really empathetic, you know, I feel things quite deeply. Um, yeah, that's something I've come to learn about myself, probably more so in recent years and since I've had children, definitely. Yes, me yeah. too. I cry everything. Oh, I never used to be a crier. Yeah. <laughs> and my son turned 13. I found that harder than when he started school for some reason. So, well, yeah. My son's 12, so oh, I've still got that to go. There. I'm still holding on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But almost there. Yeah. Um, what's the best life or career lesson you've learned? Oh, well, my father, I remember he always said to me, you know, Michelle, find something you love, something you're passionate about, and it won't feel like work. It's, it's a bit of a cliche, but I do believe that. But I also, what I've come to realize over the years is that, and in my, in my work, is that it's not just about finding what, sort of what you're interested in, um, but also what, what you're good at and what you can give back. You know, it's about, finding sort of finding a way to help other people I guess and that's what I aim to do is I want to inspire people so yeah that's what I've learned what's your proudest career achievement uh there's been there's been a lot of pinch me moments along the way I've had some just amazing amazing opportunities in terms of uh, traveling overseas and you know working with and visiting some you know, design greats like Eric Jorgensen and George Jensen, and that's been incredible. But I'd say my greatest achievement is really just carving out a career doing what I love. Yeah, that's great. Um, what's been your best decision? Starting the blog, I think, you know, just taking that leap of faith and, yeah. No, that's good, nice and simple. <laughs> uh, who inspires you? Gosh, I'm inspired by so many uh, people, you know, stylists and architects around the world. And 
is, you know, every day I see projects and spaces on Instagram where I think, wow, that's just so incredibly inspiring. My saved folder is, is probably out of control. So many saves. But in saying that, it's also I'm also really inspired by anyone who who just follows their vision of, you know, it might be something small, it might be one product, but they execute it really well uh, with you know, it's really considered and they, they do it with intent and, and, you know, sustainability. And I think that's, that's really inspiring as well. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what are you passionate about? Besides interiors and design, I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about equality and the future of our planet. And I'm also really passionate about being active. I think that that's, it's, it's part of me and it's so important that it's got me out of you know, low points in my life. I know it's so important uh, for my mental health. And even now if I'm having a day where I feel a bit low, I'll just, you know, even just going for a walk will lift my spirits. It's just a really powerful thing that I want to do and keep doing as long as I possibly can. Yeah. Yep. No, I completely get that. Mm. I'm actually about to go for a surf after this oh, interview. Right, yes. It's like, oh, yeah. Yes. I'm. I'm sort of learning, but yeah. um. But I've made a commitment to myself that I have to go three times a week because oh. otherwise I'm just going to keep going backwards. It's so. Brilliant. Um. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. but I completely get that. I hope to share that on Instagram. I love to see. <laughs> no way. Oh. <laughs> um. What dream do you still want to fulfill? Um. The the product, uh, yeah, moving into a product and um, a design collaboration. Those are those are that was my goal for this year. It's still to be fulfilled, but I'm working on it. Yeah, so yeah. it's been a slow Great process this year with with everything that's happened, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, but it's probably going to end up for the best, you I know. Like so, so yeah, for for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, what are you reading at the moment? I've usually got a few things on the go. I love fiction. I'm, I find, I love the escapism of fiction. In fact, my sister just gave me her Kindle recently. We have a shared account and she reads a lot as well. And I think there's about 300 books on there. So that's wow. been amazing. Um, but in terms of design, I'm actually reading the Aesop book. I don't know if you've read it. Um, it's ah, a beautiful book. No. And I had it for a while it's sort of like a coffee table book and I finally started got to it in the last couple of weeks and I really I love you know the way they create their stores it's it's just fascinating because they don't follow a template you know like a lot of brands do it's about um you know paying respect to the the cities and the neighborhoods where they they create their stores and they work with amazing architects and there's usually a really interesting starting point for each store like it might be a connection to the neighbourhood and the history or an artwork or something. So each store tells a different story and it's, they're all just so beautiful and inspiring. So, it's, it's yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Beautiful photography oh, as well. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, I have to get that because I love what they've done. I mean, they're so clever, they? so thoughtful. Yes. And, yeah, I just I'm always impressed with whatever they create. So yeah. I must get that. Yeah, it's a good one. Um. What are you listening to at the moment? Are you listening to any podcasts or I'm listening, kind of music? Well, I'm listening to your podcast at the moment, oh. which I'm really enjoying. <laughs> um, there's another one which you'll, I'm sure you know is by Athena Calder and I Swoon. Um, it's called Not Just One Thing, I think. That's, yep. that's a really yep. good one. More than one thing, yeah. Um, I don't 
listen to a lot of podcasts. I feel like I need more hours in the day because I do do a lot of reading and I listen to music when I'm exercising and when I'm writing, I need silence. So, um, yeah, I'd like to listen to more podcasts. Uh, I, I know I sort of I keep lists and there's lots on my list that I need to work through. But I'll get there. I will get there. Yep. Yeah, because I've got four children, so I've got a lot of laundry, oh. so that's <laughs> I think why I get so through so oh, many. <laughs> um, and, and finally, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? I would say always follow your gut. Um, don't underestimate what you can achieve if you put your mind to it. And don't worry so much about what other people think. And, and don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. That is all so true and so good. Thank you so much, Michelle. I so enjoyed chatting to you and learning more about your sort of story and your process. It's, um, yeah, it's been really fascinating and interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. All right, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this interview. I'd love to know what you think. So please write a review wherever you're listening to this podcast today. And please also subscribe and spread the love with your friends and on social media. You'll find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast forward slash 21, because this is episode 21. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded. Thanks again for joining me today. And I really look forward to connecting again with you soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint.